heard everything happened for a reason. That was a cliche. Um, raise your hand if you've heard God will not give you more than you can handle. Okay. Question number two. Raise your hand if you've ever said everything happens for a reason to somebody. People. Raise your hand if you've said God will not give you more than you can handle. Sorry. You people are running up to this. The 90s were hard. <laughs> so um, we have a chance to kind of think through, and I think for, for most of the cliches we've talked about, we, we sense that there is a certain spiritual instinct that, that kind of drives the use of a cliche that, that can be accurate and good, but sometimes there can be some, some negative sides to the cliche. So we're not just saying... We're not just making fun of people who use these or things like that or saying never use them, but let's maybe think through how to use them if we do decide to use them in a good situation and a good context. Um, Lauren, who is not here today, raised at the end of last week, and I, I thought about not even bringing this up because most people probably don't remember this, even if you were here last week. Uh, the idea when we were talking about everything happens for a reason, that we often are able to see how God does good things for us and give God credit for those good things and uh, God led me here or God gave me this or that. But then when the negative things happen, we tend to not say, give God credit for that. So how can we give God credit for the good and not for the bad? And then she just left that hanging there and said we would discuss it this week and then she's not here. So um, She's a good teacher. I don't, I, don't know that I, wanna, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I do have kind of a scale that, uh, that, that has worked for me as far as uh, I think there's probably a spectrum of where Christians are on that general topic that may help frame some of our discussion today. And I think I've mentioned this before with another cliche. But on one side of the scale you have uh, what I abbreviate with MP, which stands for meticulous providence. Meticulous providence. And this is a uh, there's some Christians on this side of the scale that think that God basically is meticulously guiding everything that happens in life. So it could be from the smallest thing to the biggest thing. It's very meticulous. God is in control. God is sovereign. Uh, the clothes that we all chose to wear maybe in some may have some purpose. What you ate for breakfast or did not eat breakfast. The fact that Patrick did not bring donuts for us <laughs> is within the meticulous promise. Of God. The sovereign God told me not to. <laughs> <laughs> On the other end of the spectrum would be what is traditionally called deism, and that is the idea that that God kind of created the world, wound it up like a clock. And now it's basically running on the basis of natural laws that God created. So God is, does exist and got everything started, but now he can just sit back and kind of observe his creation work itself out. Does that, does that resonate with you? I mean, that's, of course, we're talking about two ends of a spectrum here. Uh, I, I abbreviate this with VA, which to me stands for virtual abandonment virtual abandonment. So it's not totally abandonment, but it's virtual abandonment. And um, so this is a spectrum. I suppose you could be somewhere in the middle. That's where I, I tend to be. Um, 
I think. I don't want to tell you exactly where I'm at. Um, so, I think that relates in some ways to everything happens for a reason. We kind of talked about that last time. And I'm going to let you discuss amongst yourselves. Uh, if you want to think about everything happens for a reason, we can keep thinking about that. Or Lauren's question about good and bad, do we give God credit for both of those things? But also, talk some about God will not give you more than you can handle. Um, what do you guys think about that? So, um, yeah. take some time. We're going to give you a few minutes to talk with people around you. Then we're going to have each group kind of share some of their thoughts and wisdom with the entire group. So, uh, take a few minutes to got to talk about these two cliches and share with us what you think. Get to know the people around you. So, you have, again, you have three options to talk about, but turn to your neighbor, talk about first. You're good. Find a human, meet somebody. Yeah, I'm 
Person, if you don't have one already, and not that the other people can't talk, just at least one person needs to talk. Okay, let's uh, let's start on this side of the room today. We'll start here. Okay, we're starting. Say, tell us your say your name so we can know who you are, and then. Uh, Kind of share with your group what your group talked about. Do I need to like stand? You can if you want. Oh, okay. I'll stand. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> My name is Abby. <laughs> okay, so we like talked about like yeah, the thing, the, the question that God will not give you more than you can handle, and we like kind of agreed that was like kind of self-glorifying and like God, like will give you stuff that you can't handle so that you can like lean on him and grow in him and yeah. Cool. Thank you. Any other thoughts on the group? We'll move on. Okay. Next group. Talk talk about anything there? Yeah, right here. Um maybe we talk more about everything happens for a reason. I, I think it's very hard to maintain that without attributing evil to God. Right? If everything's yeah. gonna happen yeah. to a reason then God becomes the, the last week that it's different to say that God works everything together for good, which is definitely a biblical concept versus God does everything. So there, that's a, that's a And even thing. when we say God works everything together for good, that doesn't mean God turns evil into good. Right. It doesn't sometimes make, we say yeah. those words in a way that implies, yeah. hey, your baby died. Don't worry, God's yeah. going to make it good. Yeah. That's always gonna be bad. It doesn't say it doesn't say everything is good. It's that right, right. God is always working in the situation. We do that a lot of times to make people think that God hates them. Yes. Very good. It's good. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Okay, next group. Um we kind of hit on all three just a little bit. Okay. Uh we kind of said where we were in the spectrum. Um kind of touched on everything happens for a reason, saying that for the material things. Wait, back up. I want to know where everybody was at on the spectrum. 
Temptation has overtaken you except what is common to us all, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And I do think that's that's probably the text that this thought comes from. But uh, there is that difference between, is that talking about a temptation or a test that would be more general? James 1-2 as well. What's James 1-2 say? Consider it for joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face the trial. For the testing of your faith produces <coughs> all these Any other thoughts from that group about any other things? Okay. That group back there? Um, we talked a little bit about Job. Um, for the Thank you. Was this a group? 
Okay, let's hear from you all. Speak um, loudly. So, uh, we discussed God will not give you more than you can handle. And we, and I brought up, well, if that's the case, why do people commit suicide? Because obviously they were given something that they couldn't handle, or they believed they couldn't handle it. And so we just kind of discussed why that might be the case. Yes. And uh, I want to, I have another verse to read. Um, this is from 2 Corinthians. So we read the God will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to, uh, what does it say exactly? Beyond what you can bear. Um, 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul says in verse chapter 1, verse 8, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Um, so he actually uses the language um, far beyond our ability to endure, and that we despaired of life itself. So Paul himself um, felt like he was given more than he could endure in that situation. All right. Okay, next group. Is this a group? Yeah. Just I, I just got to know your sister. That's oh, yeah. Well, just add some comments. Anybody can, can go. That's fine. I gave the verses, so that's enough. This is true. You did give some verses. I want more. Right, I know you have something to, to say. Where are you on the spectrum? Yeah, that's good. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a Jeffersonian, so I'm, I'm not clockmaker quite. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, um, I think my theology tends on that, that side of the, the laissez-faire. Yeah, but also, do you think, um, like with a lot of these, there, we have a tendency is to be cynical and hypercritical of the intent. When I think the intent of most of these are good, and in some way, all of them, as the scriptures say, reflect the theology that has a basis, you know, uh, I just think maybe the, kind of the, the culture we live in, the kind of extreme consumer evangelical twist on these uh, have, have caused the pushback that we hear from you guys, which I, I enjoy, but I think, as you brought up a couple of to remember that there is some uh, there are some redeeming parts of the intent behind all of these things. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the, the, the dynamic of a cliche. I think it, it serves a purpose sometimes of allowing us to say the cliche as, as a shortcut to maybe a longer conversation and a deeper conversation. The cliche just is, is something that we can, it's just human nature that if we can label something, well, that's that, then we can, we, then we can just move on, we don't have to deal with it. So it's a way of labeling what's happening. I do, I yeah. do, I do though, think that cliches are never uh, usually a good pastoral path <laughs> in the midst of suffering. Yeah. They, they, they do no, no good and many times do harm and don't. It's almost better if you can only 
cliche in the midst of suffering, don't say either. Yeah. 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 I know, I heard a story one time about uh, the news, and if, like, let's say there's some violent murder that happens in a neighborhood, like, say, it happens in your neighborhood, until you know more about what happened there, there's this kind of just general anxiety and fear. And then as you find out from the news that, oh, it was a domestic, then you're like, oh, gosh. Because that means it, there was a reason that happened. And, and that, as long as there, we can provide some reason for something happens, just not random violence, then we can relax. But the, the problem is if it's totally random, then the anxiety level keeps going up. So some of the purpose of, of the news is to kind of help us put that in a box that we don't have to worry about anymore. Yeah. So the statement I'm about to make, it's, it's very general, but it's not, it doesn't apply to all situ situations such as a, a death I think oftentimes maybe we confuse with what God gives us and what we give ourselves. If you go back um, about five or six verses in First Corinthians 10 and before it says God will not give you more than you can handle, um, it specifically talks about the people that were coming through um, Egypt and they came under the cloud and these were parted and then it says I mean um, we must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did and 23,000 fell in a single day and it's just that all of those verses previous to that listed things that they themselves indulged in that they chose to indulge in and at the end of the day I, I just can't see a God that would just say well here you go I'm going to let you indulge in sexual morality because that is in his nature, not from him at all. Yeah. And that is a choice that we make rather than what he yeah. chooses to give us. So it's an argument to say that God, yes, will not give you, he will not give you more than you can handle, but what are things that are from God and what are things that are from the other side of God to yeah. destroy yeah. And we mix those two things yeah. up. Well, it's hard for us to see a line because we're humans. <coughs> yeah, I think that's, that's really good because um, in the, the temptation, God will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability to bear, is I think Paul's responding to people who say, well, I'm, I'm just weak and I, I succumb to these temptations. And he's saying, no, there's always a way. God always provides a way out. Um, you, you have to just kind of open to seeing that. So we can't just blame everything on, well, uh, I was tempted beyond what I could bear. I didn't see a way out of that. There, there's always a way out. And, and I saw on Twitter some t one time, I can't remember the exact tweet. I, I retweeted it. I have to look at my history. But um, everything happens for a reason. They said, and sometimes the reason is, you made a really stupid <laughs> choice. So... <laughs> 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 Oh, very good, my sister. <laughs> the tweeter. It's say, from ISS. And, and what is it? Say the, say the statement again. Everything happens for a reason because you're stupid and you make bad choices. <laughs> Sometimes, so it's all what the reason is. Yeah, Happy my, Sunday. My very okay. loving ISS, uh, former ISS teacher. In school suspension. <laughs> Who here has been in insult suspension before? Represent. Come on. Wow. Wow. Just talk too much in class. That's all. Okay. Next, uh, you, we all agree. Okay. Let's hear your thoughts. Um, we talked about 
cliches. Um, and for everything happens for a reason, we talked about how like technically, yes, we believe that's true, but we live in a fallen world and like there's pain and suffering everywhere and that's not of God. So the bad things that happen to us, we don't think are from God, but we think that he knows that they're gonna happen and he can use them. Um, and then for God will not give you one we can handle. I kind of thought like I don't I don't know I don't really like that because with I mean there are people who are not Christians and they've overcome major things and major obstacles in life. But as a Christian, like I believe it's significantly easier to overcome trials if we have God. And so I feel like God does give us more than we can handle. But it's so that we can kind of trust in Him and lean on Him. Thank you. And I like the idea of who who is the you? Is that a singular you that God will not give you as an individual more you can handle, or is it a plural you? Um, where as as a body of Christ that we come around each other, that that kind of puts a different dynamic on that God will not give us more than we can handle as a group. Okay, was this one group or was this two groups? Well this is one group. One group and that's one group. Okay. So um, Let's hear from you all. So, the first thing that came to my head when hearing some of the responses is like, uh, at first when I read this, the first thing I think of is like, God lets things happen so that we like have a stronger faith or like put more trust in Him. But uh, I don't know if God like allows people to die or like allows people to suffer so that we trust in Him. I, I can see where that's coming from, but I. I just don't know if the God um, just lets people die so that we can have a stronger faith. Um, so I tried to, we tried to avoid that and say like, um, I think we were all sort of the deism side. We were leaning towards the deism side for this example in that uh, God has a plan. Um, <laughs> we're like, right there. He just, he just spoke and let it go, not even wound up the blocks. So, I believe God has a plan and has a finish line, um, but because of the free will He gives us, how we get across that line is, in a sense, on our own decisions. Now, through prayer, um, we can ask God for things like, give me guidance through this, and that is when. God is like free to intervene and say, yeah, here, here's, here's what we need to do here. Um, but as a whole and through free will, um, I think that the, the goal is set and how we get there is um, more or less on our own uh, intentions and decisions. Um, so what else are we talking about? Why pray if you're Neos? <laughs> Some cross talk amongst the groups here. So. We'll uh, we'll yeah. come back to that. <laughs> Any other thoughts? I didn't right? say I was a deist. I just like was leaning towards that side of the scale. Well, the opposite side as well, though. If God has worked everything out yeah. specifically as, as it does, why pray? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, because he doesn't force help on you. Necessarily, but if you're a Christian, you want to ask for help, we'll give it to you. Yeah, well, they both argue, though, God. Even if you're in the middle, then you're just really confused. I mean, it doesn't make any sense because he's 
like they obviously could like you know they first they didn't go in and try to take over like these people and then they then felt like they were able to so they tried and they were like yeah we have God's help but he never told them to do it the second time so they were you know defeated and so it just kind of shows that they like they were fully reliant on God um, I think that, that that you know proves that I mean is part of maybe proving that second what what is the when somebody says to somebody, God will not give you more than you can handle, what's what are they trying to what encouragement are they trying to give to that? You're strong. You can make it through it. You got this. Yeah. Yeah, Maddie, go ahead. Typical when you're talking about the Bible and theology. 
Um, but one thing that, that occurs to me is a passage from Esther. Some of you know the story of Esther. Um, Mordecai comes to Esther when she has been chosen because of her beauty or whatever, and now she has a chance. They, they find out about the plot to kill all the Jews. That, that's Esther's people. And Mordecai, who's her uncle, says to her, who knows? I think this is the, the phrase that she used. He says, who knows if God has not put you in this situation for such a time as this? And I, the thing I like about that is it, he doesn't say, hey, God has, we know God has brought you here for this. He says, who knows if God has not? It's, there's still this kind of humble thing of saying, we are not, as human beings, in the place to know everything, but it does look like God has brought you to this place for this time. Um, and, and maybe the, maybe the, the narrator of that story is kind of going wink, wink, who knows? <laughs> Obviously, God brought her to that place. But, but as you're going through that, you don't see it's not clear sometimes. I, it kind of helps me to, to know the place in the Bible where it, it's not always exactly clear. And there's something uh, humbling about being able not to know everything. Great. I will only add, um, A, I've loved the conversation. But my challenge maybe for the week would be to, you know, some of you may be already doing this, but taking either one of these phrases and asking the, the people that you are friends with, the people that aren't in this room, that you are in relationships with, and seeing what they say when asked about these particular cliches and where the conversation leads you. Because you've already heard some different perspectives and different thoughts in this room, but it might be interesting to hear what others outside of this room who you interact with every day might think about these phrases. My other encouragement would be is to, as we, you know, as we saw with Luke over there, looking, this is going back in front of the, the, the verse that we use, but exploring one of these particular texts this week, like reading the Esther story or reading all of 1 Corinthians 10 or reading all of James 1 or 2 Corinthians 1. But reading, I think that's some, something that we often do is we cherry pick a verse and then we use it as a, sometimes as a weapon. And sometimes we're, not, we're missing the entire story of why that verse was even pinned in the first place. And so we say we are people in the room, in this room who, who care and read the Bible. So let's read it this week. And if you don't want to read it, then maybe I need to take the Christian card, people. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. It'll be mine in my pocket. <laughs> the right answer. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a good place to end. And I find the phrase very interesting. That's all I'll say. I'll be here next week. I'm going to talk more about that as, as an opener. But, uh, yeah, any other thoughts or comments? This is your last time to say something about this in this room to this group of people. Okay. So next week is fall break. And so for, I think, Lipscomb, everybody who goes to Lipscomb is off on Friday, right? So some of you may be out of town. Some of you may be in town and be here. We'll still have class. That would be great. I know UT. We have a UT representative in here today. Y'all's fall break is over. I'm sorry. We're going to go back. Um, but... Um, We'll be here. And tonight at 9 p.m., as a reminder, we have 
Zal, which meets at the well near Lipscomb at 9 p.m. Um, it's going to be great. I can't tell you much more than that because I don't want to ruin the surprises. So come, check it out, be a part of that. And anything else I need to say? <laughs> hey, if this is your first time, again, thank you for coming. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, my name is Patrick again. If you want to be on an email list or get updates, you can just come up and you can write your name and email address on this at the table over here. And, yep. Thanks. Hey, meet someone you haven't met yet in the room before you leave. That's it.
So when we are ready there for us, we'll yeah, we'll take it. We need that much. We need that much. <laughs> 